0: This season of Closet Confidential is brought to you by Zalando. Hello, I'm Courtney Smith and you are listening to Closet Confidential. The clothes that we wear tell a story. They can change our mood, they can influence others and they can create memories. So they have more power and significance than we often realise. On this podcast, I'm chatting to people who have a unique and defined personal style. We're hearing the stories behind their clothes, what inspires their style vibes, and learning their sartorial secrets.
1: People ask me all the time, like, "How do you look good in everything?" Because I don't care what anybody thinks of me. As long as I look in the mirror and go, "Yeah, that's the one," then I step out that day, and anybody can say whatever they want to me. And I'm gonna look, like, yeah, whatever. I don't care because if you're unapologetically yourself and dress whatever way makes you feel good, nothing else matters. You will be bulletproof. People can say what they want and it's not gonna affect you.
0: Damien Broderick has become globally famous for the simple act of getting dressed every day with over a million people tuning in just to see what he's wearing. We chat about his growth to fame, the men who have inspired his style and why an outfit just isn't complete without his perfect scent. Damien, thank you so much for being on the pod. I'm surprised I got you, to be honest, because you're jet-setting all around the place at the moment. you have just back to Dublin from... Kentucky. Yeah, where you're at Kentucky Derby. Amazing. That must have been such an experience.
1: Yeah, it was insane.
0: Yeah. Well, I want to chat all about your style because Mm -hmm. obviously that is what you are known for. And for me, I've been watching you a long time. We've known each other a long time.
1: Almost 10 years.
0: (laughs) 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 Um, But what... You've become a bit of an internet sensation and it's from the simple act of getting dressed every day, but you make it this ritual, like it's ritualistic for you and Mm. I love watching you and um, it's, yeah, it's a ritual, but it's also entertaining and people just seem to absolutely love it and love you and love your style. What is it about style and fashion for you that made you fall in
1: love with it? For me, I think... Like no matter how your day is going, no matter how bad it is or how good it is, if you get dressed the way you want to get dressed, um, it completely sets the tone for the day. So I could wake up with you know a banging headache. I could completely not be in the mood for the day. I go and put an outfit together, and it doesn't even need to be my favourite outfit because people ask that question all the time. I don't think I have one. It's always tomorrow's outfit. It's probably not going to be my favourite. Once I get dressed, I put on my you know, my trousers, pull up a tie, put on one of my favourite jackets, wherever it may be, and my whole meal changes completely. Mm. It's like, I don't know, like Superman tying up his cape or, you know, a suit of armour. I love you're, that.
0: Yeah. That's a really great way to think of it. Is, it. is it a thoughtful process for you? Like, do you think in advance what you're going to wear or do you literally get up and go, right, this is what I'm going to put together?
1: Only if... So one of my rules is if there's a dress code, the dress code takes presence. Okay. So no matter what your personal style is, if there's a strict dress code like black toy for instance, you stick to the dress code. Anything after that then is completely up to your own style and, you know, interpretation. So for me, like tomorrow is a travel day. So I'll generally pick one of my trousers that have like a slightly wider leg and that'll be slightly higher rise because they're more comfortable to sit mm. in for long periods of time. Um so that's where the thought process comes in, but for most of you know your average every day it's essentially just a pluck and go.
0: Yeah. But you kind of have a capsule wardrobe anyway, I feel, that like probably everything works together, no matter what you put together.
1: Yeah. So the idea, like it's very curated and very specific. So the idea is, although it looks very complicated and very elevated all the time, essentially I should be able to close my eyes and pick a pair of trousers, a short, a jacket, a pair of shoes, and theoretically it should it all worked. go together. Yeah. Um, and if it doesn't, then... You know, it it. it should be a a, a very quick, easy tweak. Like, okay, that short might not go because it might be a pattern clash or something that doesn't work and it's just a simple swap. But for the most part, it should be almost like blind picking and it should work Mm. because it's been curated literally.
0: Over the last X amount of years. Yeah, Yeah, about
1: 15 years almost.
0: Do you know, that is one of the things that I love about you, because ever since I met you, okay, obviously your style has evolved, but you've always dressed the same way, Mm. even when it wasn't like, quote unquote, trendy or in. Mm. And that's why I feel like you are so popular because it's the like your style is, it's, definitively you like it is definitely your personal style you're not trying to be somebody else you're not trying to jump on the bandwagon of what's trendy right now it's something that you've been doing for a really long time and honing it as your own style so how would you describe your personal style
1: even though i get asked that question a lot i always kind of struggle with the answer i suppose the short answer is like you know Classic menswear, or like, <laughs> that's, uh, that's it's really vague, it, like as it's, as well, it's not
0: very descriptive, is like, um,
1: it? It's really vague considering my style is so specific, it's really hard to put a name on it. Mm. Um, like, I don't know, like, <sighs> overdressed,
0: <laughs> um, <I love> <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably overdressed. Um, no matter what room I go into, generally, I'm the most overdressed person there, so maybe that's an easy way of, of describing it. But if you look at anybody that wouldn't would know if you said classic men's wear, they'd be like okay yeah i get it yeah um but there is different elements put in there's, there's a lot of kind of like um ivy league preppy elements go through because i really like the juxtaposition of that classic style and preppy ivy league kind of aesthetic but then i'm quite heavily tattooed so i quite like that juxtaposition yeah. of like dressing really classic and fancy in like a custom made tree piece or whatever but then, you know, having my neck and my face and my hands tattooed. Um, so I, I kind of lean into that quite a bit. I'd say for the person who is not well versed in, you know, that classic menswear realm, if they were to describe my style, they would probably just say Peaky Blinders.
0: Mm, you probably hate that, do you?
1: It's not that I hate it. It just gets very old. Like very, yeah. But it, it's like, well, I also get it. It's the only really main... Reference. Yeah, it's the only mainstream style reference that that they have. So I get it. Like I could wear, I, I don't even own a tracksuit, but I could wear a tracksuit and a flat cap and then someone would go, Tom Shelby. And like, yeah. do you know what I mean? So I'm just like, it just gets old, but I don't hate it, I understand where it comes from. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just like, yeah, okay.
0: What is it then about like the classic tailoring that you fell in love with? Because like I said, when you started doing it, it wasn't really done. Like
1: mm. it was
0: pre-Peaky Peaky Blinders. Like it was, yeah. it was, you know, I remember meeting you at a press event, And like you turning up and it was very much around the time that like athleisure and like street style was becoming like a real thing. And like everybody was wearing vintage, but like it was oversized sports, like sporty jackets. And you turned up in like, you know, a three piece suit and it was just like not really done. And I like huge kudos to you because you just like I said, you've been doing that style for so long and it's really inherently you. Mm. So what was it that made you fall in love with that style? Because like it doesn't just, I mean, it doesn't just happen. I would
1: assume. No, like I, th- I think if there's an interest there, obviously the interest can grow from somewhere. Like for as long as I could remember, my granddad wore a suit every single day, and the only time we didn't see him wear a suit jacket was on a Sunday when the jacket came off and a V-neck jumper went on. Okay. And then when he came home from mass, he would take his tie off. So I think the formality aspect probably comes from there. And then my dad was in the military, so he was in the navy. So when I came home from school, he would always like, I would pull down my toy and slip it over my head so I didn't have to redo it every day. But I'd come down the next morning and my toy would be completely undone and laid out on my uniform. My dad would make me redo it every day. So I think those little seeds are probably yeah the start of it. But, you know, some of my early memories was coming home from school. And then, you know, like for those of us listening to this that are of, you know, 90s kids or older, um, VHS, like the tapes. Yeah. Um, my dad had like... This is before James Bond reached like 18, 19, 20 movies. I think so. They're all the really old ones, like all the Sean Connery ones on tape. And uh, I would like rewind them in the mornings so when I go home from school. I could rewatch it, and I think that's probably where that interest came in. I remember, do you remember making your holy communion. You had like patent leather shoes and stuff. <laughs> um, I wore those things till so they didn't fit me. My communion was probably like a year gone, and I was still wearing them things, um, just because I liked the feeling of being it, fancy, almost. Do you yeah. Know what I mean? And then as you get older, you know you you jump in and out of different trends. Like you know, when I got to you know my late teens, you know, like being an emo kid and you know going to. You were an
0: emo kid. Yeah. Okay, I can't imagine that now. Maybe. Well, I was going
1: to say, had the fringe and all. Wow. Yeah. Those those photographs are luckily, ongoing (laughs) gone. I was
0: about to say, they are
1: dead and buried. (laughs) Please don't look it up on Google. Um, but yeah, they're. That was, that was a rough period in my life. No, uh, like, no, like we, every, everybody goes through those phases. Everybody
0: experiments. I think that's yeah, important.
1: Absolutely. But even even then, that was, like, different to your everyday young, you know, guy from Dublin dressing. Mm. Um, and again, it was, like, the cultural interests that I had and terms was the music that I was listening to, the bands that I was going to see, and I was taking a lot of inspiration from those guys and those bands. And then as I got older and started to work in more professional kind of realms and I was like going to study and then when I started earning my own money, that's when I was like, okay, I can start to really buy the clothes that I want. And then that's where the experimentation came in. I started like, you know, not wearing tracksuits anymore. And then like all the trainers started to drop out and it was more kind of formal shoes and loafers. And then it just grew from there. Mm. It was more the, the, feel, the initial feeling that I got from, you know, feeling really dressed up and then it was just like if this makes me feel good I'm just going to lean away into that and here we are almost like 15 years later
0: yeah i love that it's it is important that like clothing makes you feel good because i mean we wear it every day so mm. it should be something that adds to your confidence or your self-esteem and i feel like that's what clothing does for you
1: Yeah, and, like, for me, that's, like, classic tailoring pieces. For someone else, you know, it might be, like, basketball shorts and Crocs. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And there's no judgment from me just because I wear a suit. Like, if you want to, like, for me, you know, like, you'll never see me wearing Crocs.
0: Never Um, say never. What if Crocs come a knocking and they're like, hey, Damien, we've got a million (laughs) euros.
1: Uh, Maybe for a million
0: euros
1: Um, Or I'll take a reduced fee If I can redesign them Into like a (laughs) loafer, Croc loafers or something
0: No there's an idea
1: (laughs) But um, Um, Yeah but again There's no judgement On someone else's personal style People say to me all the time Like oh You know I'm watching this While I'm You know have baby sick On my t-shirt Or whatever I'm just like Whatever you're Comfy and cosy And confident mm. in Rocky
0: And you were talking there About your dad And your granddad's style Mm. Would that be Kind of one of your Earliest memories of style Like for you
1: yeah um, and then obviously you know growing up in in ireland you know so heavily steeped in the catholic church especially when we were younger probably less now but making your holy communion so that was the first time like i ever had a suit made for me yeah and i was like what are you when you make your communion like 10 or something yeah. 10 11. Um, and that was the first time i put clothes on that really fit me the way they should fit because a tailor has made them for you um, and just that feeling of you know clothes holding you and you stand up straight and then seeing people's reaction to it I remember going out for dinner on on the day in my community with my parents and this guy came over and put like five pound in my pocket because he liked how I was dressed wow And and i was like this is the reaction that dressing a certain way this is the response that it gets and that was probably one of the really earliest memories of dressing how i do so now my communion every day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's a special occasion every day. And that's yeah. the way I think clothing can have that appeal or that effect on people. If you, like I, I know earlier on you were talking about how it can just change your mood. Mm. Um, and I think that was one of the reasons I kind of, I started the idea of making this show was because lockdown for me i feel like i like i had two babies in a very close close succession and i feel like i lost my sense of style a little bit and i was like what makes me feeling good is getting dressed up every day and going through my wardrobe and putting something amazing on just to give me that little bit of confidence and i think that's so important
1: yeah even for me like during during lockdown it was it was actually during lockdown i started to make my get dressed video so it shows you how long i've been even making making that content Mm. but Even then, that was a way of like, okay, I can't leave the house to make the content that I want to do. And TikTok was basically brand new and everybody's on the platform. So being on social media, like, okay, I have to move with the times. Um, But how it helped me get through lockdown was, again, just, you know, finding a reason to just get dressed every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And having that outlet. Mm. You've become like a global internet sensation. Which is, I I assume, like, is that the most crazy thing ever? Because you, again, it's just, you're so simple. You're getting dressed every day. But does that like, is that weird for you that you think about, like, literally, I have seen people recreating your videos, like homages to you globally, like people all around the world doing it. And like, you're obviously to them, a style icon. Does that get weird for
1: you? Oh, icon is a very heavy word. Well, wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, yeah, um, I'm just like a normal guy from the north of Dublin, and even though I'm doing social media like eight years, almost nine years, like the last six to twelve months have just been insane. But it just never felt like it never ceases to amaze me. Like we, like I live in Italy now. And when I hit a million followers on TikTok, we rented Vespas and then like went on like a little drive and we went to this like really nice hotel to have like a nice restaurant. And this is like in the Tuscan countryside. There's nothing but vineyards around for miles, nice. right? And we got a bottle of Prosecco. Um, one of us was driving and the other one wasn't. Just <laughs> just full disclosure, there was uh, although it's Italy, there was no drinking and driving <laughs> going on. And um, one of the guys in the hotel said to our friends like is that damien broderick out there and they're like yeah and he was like can i bring the, the wine out so i can meet him and he in fairness to him he played it really cool he came out and it was just like oh and he like he pretended that he didn't see me inside but my friends told me the whole story <laughs> um and he asked me like for for a selfie and stuff and as soon as he walked away then i kind of like lost my mind i was just like how on earth like i'm in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. In Tuscany, in Italy, different country, and this going on is who I am. And then we went to Rome on a day trip, and then, like, a 60-year-old guy from Scotland asked for a selfie, and then a 16-year-old guy from lives in Rome. And then we were in America, and I was getting, like, I was in America with Lydia Millen, and I was stopped all the time, and, and I was just like, why is my life right now? This is insane. It's amazing. But,
0: but that's the appeal that style can have, and, and obviously the internet can have as well. Like, I told my my boyfriend that I was coming to interview you, and, like, he's not really on social media lives a totally different world. And um, I said, I'm interviewing Damien Broderick. And he goes, oh no, look, like, he wouldn't know anybody. And I showed him your Instagram and he goes, oh yeah, like I follow him, I know him. And he did the whole like clickety clack and everything. I was like, how do you know him? And he was like, he's just got really great style. And like, he wouldn't be into that. So like, you're you're obviously, you know, appealing to a very wide group of men and women, who are following you but like it's you know it's such a great thing to see an Irish guy in that realm like who like obviously like you said your world has changed dramatically in the last year but while you're inspiring other people in other people's style who inspires yours like do you have people that you look to
1: yeah like I think like how I dress in terms of like style inspiration would be a lot of people that are like literally dead
0: oh i love (laughs) that
1: (laughs) so you're talking like fred astaire or gene kelly or cary grant and all that kind of classic kind of you know your quintessential gentleman kind of style but then there's like an italian blogger called uh, fabio attanasio so he runs a blog called the bespoke dudes and literally he is like that's wardrobe envy for me oh wow like everything he owns is basically custom made from the ground up and it's he just is so knowledgeable about like the actual technical tailoring side of it. Um, so he, yeah, he's he's someone that I'd really kind of find inspiration from. But there's an American guy called Maharanic, and I was lucky enough to have a few drinks with Matt in Duke's Bar in London, and he was one of the most interesting men I've ever met in my life. He just had stories upon stories, and this guy, you know, he owns a farm in upstate New York. He used to be a professional photographer, and now he runs like a menswear magazine. But he's just so cool. effortlessly cool and he'd be a huge inspiration
0: I love that your inspirations are people that I've never heard of as well like I think people would automatically expect you know David Beckham or like you know what I mean like the the quintessential stylish guys
1: but like I I think yeah David Beckham's obviously very very cool but I think with say like Fabio and Matt that I mentioned, similar to me, their style is so specific and doesn't really change. Mm. So like I could go onto Matt's Instagram tomorrow and I roughly know what he'll be wearing to some degree. Yeah, Like it might be a new piece, but it'll definitely be like that has Matt's fingerprints all over it. And the same with Fabio and I would like to think that people have that same kind of view with, with me. Um, When with David Beckham, I could see a picture of David Beckham tomorrow and he could look impeccable in a suit going to some event, but then the next day it'd be a picture of him, I don't know, wearing like Adidas shorts and trainers and a beanie hat and like, you know, kudos to Beckham, he can wear what he wants, he's a grown man, I'm not going to tell him what to wear, (laughs) but I, I find it difficult to get style inspiration from somebody who's, I don't know what to expect from their style on the daily. Mm. It just doesn't kind of stimulate me if that makes sense. Like I think he's yeah, he's super cool. And do you know what I mean? And I think like most young men in the world would look at him and be like, Oh, obviously I wish I could look like that, David Beckham. Before. Um yeah, I'll I'll try it's like probably like really hipster isn't it? Like my style icons are people that you don't know. <laughs> um
0: No, I yeah. love that because I'm hoping that people listening to this will go and check those guys out now and be like, yeah. Okay, if if Damien likes them. It's worth having a look.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, both, like, Fabio has got two books out there specifically about tailoring. And then Matt has four books. One about watches, one about cars, and one about Negronis, and one about martinis. So, like, it just that kind of sums up everything about those two men. Everything is, like, your quintessential, you know, capsulating everything to do with, like, your modern gentleman. I think those guys like, you know, are the epitome of that. So,
0: You mentioned um, timepieces and watches there, and mm. it's one of the things Thanks that... Thanks for
1: saying timepiece. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're welcome. Um, the It's one of the things I actually love about your videos is that every video you end with a timepiece and a scent. Mm. Uh, why is that so important to you? Because obviously you see the finished outfit has to have a timepiece and a scent. And that's what finishes off the entire look. And it's quite specific. And I was like, obviously, looking at all your videos and I'm like, every single time there's a timepiece and there's a scent. So what is it about those two things that like finish it off?
1: For me, if I'm not wearing like, if I'm not wearing a watch and I haven't, you know, given myself a spritz of, you know, an aftershave, cologne, perfume, whatever word you want to use. And it just doesn't feel finished. Yeah um like a carpenter wouldn't make a chair and not varnish it before delivering it um very same c- kind of kind of thing and i think with, with men like women can you know like men can obviously put makeup on as well but for most men they're not going to um you know you can't really put a, you know a color eyeshadow on to tie into your outfit or you know something along those lines are the accessories that are available to you know most men on a daily are quite limiting mm. so a watch and a scent are really ways to communicate who you are, what you're about, you know, in a really kind of subtle way. Um, and it doesn't need to be like super flash, like the timepiece there on the table with the wine dial, the strap off that costs more than the watch. The watch was 30 euros on eBay and the strap was 40 euros in a local jewelers. Do you know what I mean? And then the black one is basically the very same, just the black version, and that was like 30 quid. So that looks way more expensive than it is. But, you know, it doesn't need to be flashy. But that kind of tells you everything about, you know, me as a whole. I don't come from money. I don't have lots of money to be spending on on clothes. So I'm really clever with the pieces that I do buy and how they elevate them up and look more expensive than than they are.
0: Do you invest, though? Like, would you, like, Would you you obviously have a lot of bespoke pieces. So you obviously know how and where to invest your money. So you Mm. might not spend you know, tens of thousands on certain things, but you're going to invest, you know, a thousand or a couple of hundred or a couple of thousand in like an incredible suit that you will wear time and time again. Is, is that where you would invest your money?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like if some of the suits there, like two of the custom made pieces is a classic navy and then a classic grey because they're very easy to wear as separates. Mm. So that's where the investment goes in. Okay, I want that to look a certain way and fit a certain way and it's in a classic colorway and classic fabric, so then it's very versatile. Um, or even like some of the knitwear's would be much more expensive because I just feel if you're gonna invest in something it needs to be the right pieces. Um, but then like obviously as of grown and then as you start to earn more money, you can, the style aesthetic doesn't change, but the quality of the clothing, mm. the quality of the fabric then slowly gets elevated up each time. Uh, and then watches are obviously the much, you know, it's a much more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, you know. Ext- excellent. <laughs> yeah, or, or like, you know, it's, it's the price difference between jumping from like, say, a standard suit to a really high quality suit could be the difference of a couple of hundred euros. You could like spend 500 euro on a good suit, but then a thousand euro on like an amazing suit. But the difference between like an okay watch and an amazing watch mm. you're talking like you know the difference could be 10 grand yeah so the watches that's a down
0: payment on a house Like.
1: <laughs> yeah so the watches will eventually get there like I do have you know a couple of nice-ish pieces there's no Rolexes in the collection yet um,
0: I liked the yet
1: but we'll, we'll Ma-
0: let's manifest that yeah, sh- we'll, shit for you <laughs> <laughs>
1: we'll we'll, uh, we'll eventually get there
0: what's the dream collab then?
1: oh Lauren. really? straight off the bat yeah line it up out the park straight up purple label all over
0: yeah, I can see that for you. Yeah, 100%. Billboards.
1: Oh, don't! <laughs> I'd be happy with an Instagram club. <laughs> oh, Billboards. Um, what rap- is it about Ralph Lauren then?
0: Because they're qu- they're. I know you said that you like a little bit of preppiness, but mm. like I would consider them very preppy.
1: Yeah, like I think again the way I love the juxtaposition of that preppy style and my tattoos. I think if I was to collab... With someone like Ralph Lauren, that would be a, like not a gamble on their part because, like, I think I could back it up with the numbers and yeah, and
0: and the style and,
1: and my and my content as well. Like, I do feel that I would back up the collab, but it would be very different to what they've ever done before. Mm. Having someone you know that looks like me um, to do any sort of collaboration with them, so that would be really cool. Um.
0: it is interesting that you say that as well because like you've obviously you're you're heavily tattooed for anyone that doesn't know you I mean they must be living under an <laughs> internet rock at this stage but for anyone that doesn't know you you have like the most incredible tattoos all over your hands up your neck on your face um, and then you obviously like you keep saying have this just position of you know classic tailored borderline preppy style um, when you're just looking at your tattoos you'd almost expect you to want to wear like Zadig or the couples. like, you know, what they kind of mm. would would cast as their kind of epitome of a guy. And you're the opposite. Mm. Um, and I do think that'd be really interesting for the likes of Ralph Lauren.
1: So Ralph, if you're
0: listening. <laughs> yeah. Ralph, um, if you're listening to my little podcast.
1: <laughs> please, my <laughs> handle will be in the description. Please email me.
0: <laughs> um, what I thought was interesting there was you were talking about how you would back it up with like, and you just mentioned it, but it's like you—you you could back it up with numbers. I almost think the numbers are like—I mean, you're going to say they're not irrelevant; they're not irrelevant, but they're irrelevant to a point because, like I said, you've been knocking around for 15 years. We've known each other for 10. You've been grafting, so like, while like, I don't want to say you were an overnight success, but obviously the the numbers blew up very quickly. Um, but you've been grafting a long time, and like, it doesn't just happen like that you know what I mean like you've been making the content you've been shooting gorgeous stills like for a long time and obviously then COVID hit and you started creating like it was it's it's all organic it's not like it's not like all of a sudden you're this like internet sensation I mean you are but you're not you know what I mean and I think it's you know you have to also be aware of that because I'd say it's probably quite draining if people are like hey you're this all overnight success or you're this overnight sensation you're like i've been crafting for yeah. 15
1: years <laughs> isn't it like you know that famous saying like you know an, an eight year overnight success yeah but like I, I do get where people come like the numbers did blow up very quickly um like it took me eight years to go from like zero to 15k on instagram for instance and then it took me eight months to go from 15 to 40 but then it took me 90 days to go from 40 to million. Mm. so like like that growth is like exponential you only really see that if someone is on like a really big reality show like mm. love island or something like that yeah where they get this big influx so for that to happen you know literally organically you know is basically unheard of unless there's some sort of you know viral video or you know, you've made a big TV appearance or, I don't know, you happen to walk out of a hotel with Taylor Swift or something like that and everybody <laughs> thinks you're the new man. Um, Taylor, if you're listening. <laughs> She's single now. <laughs> oh, is she? You know, there's lots of rumours around. None about me, unfortunately. But, um,
0: so we're in the Mason today because obviously you've moved to Italy. You're living there at the moment. Indeed. Um, so we have your, you, we almost have your travelling wardrobe with us. Um,
1: <laughs> that makes me sound really bougie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are bougie. You live in Italy now. What is it about Italy? Like, why Italy?
1: Uh, I mean... Why not? Yeah, I mean, in, in short, why not? Good wine, good weather, good people, good food. Um, great style. Great style. I think it's one of the... No disrespect to, to men of the world, I think, like, Italy... Is the most stylish place in the world for men, regardless of how you—if you dress like me in like classic tailor—and I see like forty-year-old guys just running to the co-op, but the clothes like are just immaculate. Mm. Like even if it's just like chinos and a polo t-shirt and like a bit of knitwear or like a gilet, I'm like that guy looks so cool. Looks he's like running in for like I don't know bread and milk, but he looks like he could own a helicopter. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like they just ooze. Like, know, the word is like splezzatore, you know, the the art of carelessness almost. It's like rolled into my wardrobe, rolled out. Yeah, I look this way every day. And it's just everyone in Italy looks like that. Whether you're like a farmer or whether you're, you know, a hotel owner. Mm. They, all, they all just look really cool. And I get to drink Negronis all the time. So it's, a, <laughs> it's a win-win across the board.
0: So like Italian style would be your go-to?
1: Yeah, I think my personal style when it comes to tailoring, like my niche within a niche, I think it's very Italian in its aesthetic, but a little bit British in its construction, if that makes hmm. sense. So there would be lots of like um, double-breasted suits. There's a little bit more structure throughout the, sh- throughout the shoulder. Um, and then some of the jackets, especially the more winter weight ones, will be like full canvas or at least half canvas. And then there's one or two that are completely unstructured because, italy is very warm um but yeah it's just the the italian mentality when it comes to style of that you know looking put together without looking like you're trying really hard Mm. and i think that's should be every man's you know goal when getting dressed is it should look really elevated but it shouldn't look like you put loads of effort in yeah it should look like this comes really natural to you And I think that's what we should strive for with our style is like once you find what your personal style is, the next goal should be, how do I make this appear effortless?
0: And I think you do that. Oh, thank you. Perfectly. (laughs) What is it about... Style and clothes that made you fall in love with it like was can you pinpoint a moment that you were like I want to make this my career or not even that you made it your career but like I want to share this with the world because there had to be in a point that you're like I'm going to start putting this out there like and I mean 10 years ago when you were putting it out as just like stills of you wearing cool outfits was there like a turning point or a moment that you were like I'm going to share this with the world I look cool well,
1: I don't think I've ever looked at myself and said I look cool <laughs> No, honestly, people (laughs) people call me cool all the time. I'm like, you have no idea. I'm the most uncool person ever. (laughs) I like watch The Crown and repeat all the time. It's like I'm really boring, and it just on Instagram, it just appears that I'm really exciting, but I'm really not. But sad, yeah.
0: Smoke and mirrors, baby. Smoke Smoke and
1: mirrors. (laughs) But I think like how it how it all kind of started, like when it's Inst- before you could actually upload to instagram when you had to use the in-app camera so for anybody listening that's how long i'm doing this and um, i was just taking like mirror selfies in like whatever i was wearing to work that day and then i think i grew like f- you know 1500 followers or something at the time and i was i was just like whoa i've got loads of followers <laughs> do you know what i mean but there was people that like this was when instagram was basically just like people's coffee and their food every day mm. and you had those like really terrible fil- in-app filters yeah uh, this is like pre-Facebook takeover and everything. Um, And then when you could upload photos, like they could still only be square. So then I started putting a bit more effort and like actually going out to take outfit photos because the whole like hashtag OOTD, whatever it was at the time, that was like a really big trend. And like America was probably five years ahead of us. Like they were blogging before Instagram existed. So then when Instagram came around, they really were the ones to use the platform they probably turned the platform into what it is now, and mm. um, even way back in the early days. And then, I think Debnums were one of the first brands that would gift me something. And then I think Primark one of the first brands to pay me to do anything. And I was just like, people, people pay money for this. This mm. is insane. Um, and then, like, I was still working. A, I've worked a day job up until three months ago. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: That's, got, so, I always kind of, I,
1: kinda, I yeah. just kind of
0: thought you were full time, like content creator in fashion. No. Mad.
1: Yeah. Worked, okay. Worked a day job, like went to college, left college, got a day job and worked that up until like three months ago. So I'm only like full time at this now recently. Like.
0: I look at you go. Do you still get the same, you seem to get the same excitement irrelevant of whether you had... Like one thousand five hundred followers or a million followers, you still seem to have the same excitement about what you do and style and showcasing it. Like,
1: oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I think you have to be like appreciative of it every day. Like, Instagram could like Mark Zuckerberg could just be like, I'm bored of this. Let's delete this app tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then what are you gonna do? You're still going um, to share
0: your right. You you would find another way, I'd say, to e- share your email everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just A like, newsletter. Here's my outfit. <laughs> I was like, print, Let's get dressed. Print
1: them out and post them to everybody's house. <laughs> It'll be there in three to five days. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I th- like I think like I'm I'm extremely privileged to do what I do, and I'll never ever take that for granted. Like. I got flown all, like, not only did I get, like, flown all the way to Kentucky, like, they paid me actual money to fly all the way to Kentucky and get dressed and have this amazing experience at at the races. And I got to meet, you know, followers that would probably never get to meet me because we live on the other side of, you know, a giant ocean. And, you know, all the money aspect of it aside, like, that is a ridiculous experience. There's people that live in Kentucky that have never gone to the Derby. Mm. So, like, I'll never, ever take what I do for granted because I love how I dress. It makes me feel bulletproof. And the fact that that has completely changed my life and allowed me to build a career and, you know, has brought me to a fork in the road that's not just like one avenue or the other one. There's literally hundreds of avenues that I could explore. And because of the numbers, like, you know, the lovely people that, follow me and then interact with all the all the content and the engagement is so high it means that if I go knock on a door generally it opens Mm. and I'll never take for granted the privilege you know that that comes with that that I can essentially do whatever I want like anything that like if I want to bring out my own fragrance or if I want to design my own watch or my own clothes I can guarantee I could approach a brand to help me and it would happen
0: yeah what, well, what is next for Damien? can you share? Can you tell us is there is there a collab or a, a design in the works?
1: No, I, I don't think so. look like, I, I did look into into tailoring, bringing out my own but it's just this, for because everything is like so new and I'm so busy with all, all the travel and then you know working with dif- with different brands and a lot of the brands are international, so there's lots of travel involved. It, it would be impossible for me for me to do it. Uh, to the, um, probably
0: to the quality that you want. Yeah, like to, you could definitely do it. You know, but even in e- a different way. But like, even you're, then, I can tell you'd be very specific about how yeah, hands on
1: you are on the on the quality of the fabrics, on on how they fit, how they drape, everything, everything, you know, everything about how it is. I would want it to be to a really really high standard. But then, even if you were not to compromise on the standard, the big issue is like supply. You know, we're still getting over the the COVID backlog. And then obviously there was, you know, the war. Um, yeah. Drives all those prices up, you know, everything else on top of that. But then all the factories are looking for crazy minimum orders. So like, yeah. if I want to do something really high quality. And bespoke. Yeah. So like, where do I house all that stock? Who processes the orders? Who ships them? What's the packaging going to look like? Where do we house all the packaging? Like, there's literally like a whole supply chain involved and that's not even going down to designing it, getting it manufactured, getting it shipped to wherever we're going to call base and ship it from there. So there's so, so many factors involved to even just bring out like a single garment let alone, yeah, you know, like a three piece suit or like, you know, four or five suits. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe an edit with a brand like Darren Kennedy done one with Louis Copeland years ago. I think Binky from Made in Chelsea done one with Barber um something like that i think would be really cool yeah. and be like a good kind of way of dipping my toe into design elements of that and then obviously seeing how your audience um responds to it and uh, the price point is obviously another thing if you bring a product out and it's, it's too expensive your audience don't have the the budget to buy that there's like there's literally so many variables to, to consider and um, I don't know. Who knows?
0: The world is your oyster. So I, I'm, I, you know, give a couple of years. I al- say I'm
1: allergic to shellfish. So <laughs> are you actually? <laughs> yeah, I actually am. So the world is the world is. If it's if your world is my oyster, I'm. Um, You're screwed. Um, uh, yeah, I'm. i up the river. With, I'm up the river with no paddle. Um, that's my. The world is my chicken filler roll. <laughs>
0: That's the North Dublin boy in you coming Absolutely. out.
1: Absolutely. The second I arrived home from Italy, I was like straight to a centre. I was like, <laughs> give me one of them.
0: <laughs> um, you can take the boy out of Dublin, but... Uh,
1: no. Yeah. You, yeah, you can't take the chicken fillet all out of my hand. <laughs> no.
0: Damien, it has been an absolute... I could actually chat to you all day about style and fashion. Yeah. One thing I want to ask you
1: mm-hmm.
0: before we wrap this part up is... What is your style secret, if you could share with everybody?
1: Ooh, be unapologetically yourself. That is the secret. People ask me all the time, like, how do you look good in everything? Because I don't care what anybody thinks of me. As long as I look in the mirror and go, yeah, that's the one. Then I, I step out that day and anybody can say whatever they want to me. And I'm gonna be like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Because if you're unapologetically yourself and dress whatever way makes you feel good, nothing else matters, you will be bulletproof. People can say what they want and it's not going to affect you. So if you can get yourself to that mental state of just being unapologetically yourself and dress whatever way you want to dress, then everything will just start to look really good. As long as it fits, obviously. But even if it doesn't fit, people wear oversized clothes all the time and (laughs) and they look really cool in it. But I wouldn't look cool in that because I wouldn't feel comfortable and confident in it. The clothes would start to wear me. When with me, I wear my clothes so, yeah. yeah, be unapologetically yourself.
0: I love that, Damien. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And uh, let's go get dressed. <laughs> let's get dressed. <laughs> this season of Classic Confidential is proudly sponsored by Zalando, the leading platform in Europe offering fashion to suit all your vibes. Whatever moment or mood you find yourself in, Zalando empowers you to express your ever-changing identity through a wide range of clothing, footwear and accessories across thousands of different brands. Explore endless choice for all your personal style vibes at zalando.ie You've been listening to Closet Confidential. Thank you for tuning in. I really hope you enjoyed the style chats as much as I did. And if you did, please do like, subscribe rate and review and if you want to stay in the loop on all things clouds confidential just follow our instagram page at closet confidential underscore official and if you haven't already we also have a video series on youtube so check that out and in the meantime i'll be back next week with another stylish guest